you find that, yes, superheroes in the real world are kind of funny. They're also kind of scary. Uh, because, actually, a person dressing in a mask and going around beating up criminals is, is a vigilante psychopath. That's what Batman is, um, in essence. And we, we came up with the character of Rorschach as a way of exploring um, what that Batman-type driven, vengeance fueled vigilante would be like in the real world. And the short answer is a nutcase. <laughs> Microphone are you using, Gareth? Because you sound brilliant. Thank you. I would just be quite happy and proud to say that is a brilliant microphone. Oh, that must be on my headset. I was going to say it's on the <laughs> computer, but it's obviously the Sennheiser microphone. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. How about that? Well, they're the same earphones I've got on Phil. If you want to borrow these, mate, because your sound is dog shit. Oh, is it? okay i'm doing it off my phone i've got the microphone but like then i'd have to get the laptop out and you only ever send it me via facebook you're not even trying are you you don't even care well because you don't send it to me you've lost interest (laughs) what What was the first one the book and everything um do android stream of electric sheep that's right and then the second one was what the girl with the dragon tattoo okay yeah nice different themes Different movies, hmm. yeah. different well, genres. Actually, they kind of they kind of bleed into each other a little bit, especially I think the Stephen K. Dick book and this one. Uh, there's there's not much. Philip to K. Away, Dick. Really. Philip K. Dick. Yeah, what did I say? Stephen Philip K. Dick. Dick. I don't know why. Stephen. Uh, Stephen, Stephen the King. Dick. Stephen <laughs> King. The Dick. Must be the Dick. <laughs> Right. Okay. Right. Let's go. Let's go for oh, a proper no, You start, can intro them. Phil, take it away. Phil, take it away. Okay. Welcome to the Adapted to Screen podcast with me, Philip McCulloch, myself, Richie, and our very special guest, actor, presenter, and comedian Gareth Berliner. Hello. How are you, Gareth? I'm. I'm. I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good here in Blighty, in lockdown, in Birmingham. Brilliant. I'm doing brilliant. <clears throat> I thought Richie was very wealthy until I realised that he used green screen to give himself... You can't tell people (laughs) that. People need to think I am wealthy. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Richie is wealthy and I love his his home environment. His library is amazing. I think uh, Richie's... Awful start. Richie's going for the eccentric billionaire theme. Did Rich just did Richie just try and claim that this was an awful start over the after the conversation we just had about a minute before you pushed record? I don't know yes. what you want about. <laughs> but that's one for the outtakes, I think. Yes. Um, on uh, on today's episode, uh, we are talking about Alan Moore's fantastic Watchman, Watchmen. Is that the right way around? Watchmen. Watch, Watchmen. Watchmen. There. Watchmen. Which was, which It'd be a pretty Sorry, Watchman. I was going to say, yeah, that would be a pretty boring book if it was just Watchman. He's one bloke, that's it. Like some bloke watching a bloke on suicide watch in his prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was uh, this was brought to us by our guest, Gareth, um, which was uh, yet yeah, you suggested that we uh, looked at this in this episode. Any particular reason why you brought this book? Yeah. Do you, do you want the truth or do you want an embellishment? Uh, whichever one you feel 
Okay, so the truth is I was being incredibly lazy and having read the what the book of The Watchman every year for about 20 odd years, I thought, well, I know the book. That means I won't have to reread the book. All I should have to do really is watch the film. So I had the advantage over you two of not having to read a very thick graphic novel and just sat this afternoon and watched a, a nearly three hour film I haven't seen in a while. It's great. Oh, you- you big lazy knacker. So uh, for those of you, for those of you who are new, um, or even those of you who listened before, what we do, we read a book uh, and then we go and watch the film version, and we decide or we have a debate about what the differences were, what was good, what was bad, um, and what was indifferent. Um, so Richie, um, from the other two books that we've already read, uh, what differences did you take from this book to the other two that we've already read? completely different fucking story philip <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well i know that but i mean like like styles of writing as an example oh well one's a one's a comic for a start and the, the rest of the other two in books i it's completely different there's le- there's le- there's less narrative which i thought i wasn't gonna like but i did like it because even though the pictures are put there for you i found i still had to use my imagination because of the lack of narrative which but because the pictures are there, that you didn't need that narrative because it helped push it along. I've never read a graphic novel before. In all wow. fairness, I didn't. I, I didn't read this graphic novel either because I'm lazy. And I watched the um, the the dramatized version on YouTube. It's oh, okay. Graphic, yeah, not, that's that's still the right. They're using all the words from the book, right? You still they use all, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Still, it's still word for word, and it's still the same pictures. But the pictures, uh, it's like a, a motion graphic novel. Motion graphic, yeah, motion, motion, yeah, uh, yeah comic book novel. I just couldn't be asked to. I, I basically had someone read it to me. Is what happened. So, and which is yeah, what I do fair. with all the books. I, I listen to audio books while Philip reads them. So. <laughs> That's honest, and you're you're obviously better at multitasking than Phil. Yeah. Well, it's just that Rich yeah. is at work and I'm on furlough, so uh, yeah, I might as well read rather than sit still and listen. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't yeah, sit no. still and listen. I have to work away no. and listen. Me, I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, Me. of course, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you could get off your fat ass and go for a walk or something, but that's fine. That's true. Yeah, I'll bump into a lamppost, though, wouldn't I? So engrossed. Indeed. Yeah. So, um, Gareth, uh, when was uh, I know that you've uh, you've just talked about uh, you, like you read it once a year or once every couple of years or a couple of times a year. Um, when was the first time that you actually picked up uh, Watchmen and had you read Alan Moore books previously? No, I hadn't read any Alan Moore. I picked it up the year it came out for sale in the shops. Uh, and I knew that it was coming. I think I'd read about that it was coming. Um, and I'm a massive comic book fan anyway. Uh, I'm not like an Alan Moore hound. For, you know, I'm not nuts for Alan Moore. And in fact, I think I saw The League of Gentlemen as a film before I then went back and looked at the graphic novel because I knew I'd probably enjoy that more. Um, uh, but uh, I love, I have loved this book since it came out. And I think... Uh, for me, it was the same kind of thing as like Back to the Future. When I saw that for the first time, that I fell in love with cinema. I was like 11. And Back to the Future was the film that just turned me on to film. I think this was the comic book, although I'd read like Dark Knight Returns and things like that. I think this was the first graphic novel that really turned me on to what the, the art form could do, what it could do. 
and and how heavy it could be. <clears throat> Interesting. So, so the one thing we haven't done, uh, which I'll just quickly uh, throw in, uh, with a little bit of blurb about Alan Moore. I don't have very much. I'll just read what's on the back of the book. Um, <laughs> Alan Moore is perhaps the most acclaimed writer in the graphic story medium, having garnered many awards for his work, such as Watchmen, V for Vendetta, From Hell, Miracle Men and Swamp Thing. He is the mastermind behind the, the entire America's Best Comic Line, writing Tom Strong, Top Ten and Tomorrow Stories, as well right. as Prom- Promethea, as one of the major innovators of comics in the 80s, is influenced a generation of comic creators. He resides in central England, which I think is uh, is a quotation. Central England means Northampton. Yeah, he's um, I, I actually when you listed what he'd written, I've probably read a lot more than I realise of Alan okay. Moore. And I also forget sometimes that he wrote a lot of storylines in comic books that you read anyway. You just mm-hmm. don't realise all the time you're reading an Alan Moore. Um, but this, this, I think this book's incredible. And and if you, if whoever's listening, if you, uh, it's not just a graphic novel because what I think's amazing about it and, and where I think it was groundbreaking was the blend between graphic novel at points to just solid literature. So when you're talking about mm-hmm. Hollis, one of the characters, Hollis Mason in the book, who played, who was the original Night Owl, um, we get a lot of his backstory in an excerpt from his memoir that they've printed, like, or that Alan Moore wrote three, four pages, you know, pages of. That's what mm-hmm. always, like, blew my mind in the book was there was all this extra layered detail that kind of broke away from the book, even as well the comic, there's a comic book within the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, that you read the panels of and get lost in. So it's also, I think, a comic book about comic books, very much. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, Richie, what uh, what did you take from your first view of the graphic novel? Um, as as I said, it's the first time I've done a graphic novel. I've always wanted to. I've always liked the idea. Just never got around to it, and I think this was probably the perfect start, you know, for the perfect opening into the world of uh, graphic novels because it is it, it is a masterpiece uh, from from what I can tell. Um, I, I can't compare it amongst anything else, but from what I've read, it does come across like a masterpiece, um, and. You do appreciate the art within. I mean, book writing and not writing a novel is an art, but this this is with the the graphics and everything. It's like art within the art, and and then you're saying that there's a there's a comic book within the comic books. You've got art within the art within the art, and and the the whole story was it was. I'm not sure when it was wrote, but. From what I can tell, it was quite innovative the way that he depicted superheroes as being flawed characters. I think up until then, you didn't have that. You had like Superman, this perfect person. You had perfect superheroes. Whereas this this showed the the proper humanity in 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 the characters. I think it was 1985, wasn't it, when it was. I think, yeah, I think it's 85. Yeah. So, so I was was hold on, let me just think. Eighty. I was about <laughs> thirteen, 
was 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah oh, I was boy. a kid. I, <clears throat> I say usually, uh, usually uh, when Richie hosts, because he always does, um, <laughs> he uh, he gives a brief uh, he gives a brief overview of the story. So Gareth, would you give us a brief overview um, of Watchmen? Just a very brief. The film or the book? Oh, no, just the book. It's oh, well, the book. Just, yeah. Just uh, what so it's about. A very brief overview is imagine if um, Nixon had never been historically never been caught out for Watergate. So he stays as president uh, and and a group of people kind of end up deciding because the world is a violent and dark place to don costumes and fight crime, just like in the comic books. The difference running throughout the book is that in a comic book, in an original comic book back in the day, you would never get an idea of the real lives that these people might be living. In The Watchmen, it's about that they're dealing with abusive backgrounds or being alcoholics or, you know, they're flawed characters. As, as Richie said, they're working through stuff. And the, the essence is there's kind of a supervillain or a villain involved. There's a mystery and, uh, and it's all leading to a catastrophically huge event. That's probably the best way without giving too much away. That's cool. Well, don't worry about giving too much away because we're going to talk about all of that. Oh, yeah, I forget, I forget, <laughs> yeah. But probably best that I don't go into the entire detail. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, so, um, so yeah, uh, we, uh, so I think we start off, um, <clears throat> I know we've discussed, we discussed it uh We've discussed most of the work already, but uh, we start off in the in the book uh, with uh, two policemen investigating a murder, um, which uh, through the conversation of the policeman, we 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 learn that the man who was killed was a pretty hard, tough guy, uh, and whoever had killed him must have been pretty hard and tough himself. Um, which when they leave, uh, I think there's. Well, so there's narration. There is obviously it's a, it's a bit weird to figure out the narration in a graphic novel because you because you, you're just reading if you know what I mean. But um, uh, what yeah. what comes as what uh, what what comes from that is a uh, Rorschach, um, who's got a mask on. He's just a grapple hook. He goes in and does his own investigation, uh, revealing that this man was a costumed hero, and really that's where that's where it starts and that's where like the mysteries peaked within like a minute well it's in, it's interesting um because when when we're talking about the narration like like you said it's not easy i think reading a graphic novel is uh, an entirely different language to reading a film and so you know what's happened over the last few years is films have begun to take uh, I think a lot more so in the last 20, 30 years, films have begin, begun to take a lot more of the techniques from comic books, which means a story can be non-linear. You could start off at the end, you can go back to the middle, you can explain. And I know we do that in literature, but film kind of, it's only with like Memento, you know, and what's his name? I've forgotten the director, uh, Christopher Nolan. But it's only with people like that that we've really started to push the boundary about how our story is told rather than just chronologically. <clears throat> and what's amazing in Watchmen is there's a lot of use of crossing backwards and forwards through time mm -hmm. in, and, and similar devices <laughs> to the movies. Like one, one thing I like about the adaptation is that when we get to um, the movie version, 
twice I think they use the same uh, like literally they've nicked just a nice device from uh, the the graphic novel where they have a close-up on a picture in a frame a flash going off and then we flash back to when the picture was taken yeah which uh, you know? which is always a bit cool yeah yeah I did like but, that sorry, uh, element in there but what I was going to say about you sorry I, I got I went off where I wanted to go but the narration what you were saying about Raw Shark's narration like is um, that's also he's narrating his journal, of which course, I think yes. you know, yes. and that and that's a huge part of it. Sorry, I'm just gonna go off. No, 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 no. I'm excited no, no, by that's it. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, uh, and then we kind of we kind of follow Rorschach uh, for the first probably not I don't think for the fir- the whole of the first chapter, but for a large portion of the beginning where he he talks about um, he he uh, he talks about things like Mothman who ended up in the nut house and there was a few people who were already gone and the people who were left and he was making a list of who it could have been so who who was killed the comedian i'm going to find out i've got a suspect list of four or five people um i think we're introduced then to <clears throat> uh, the night owl um and the old night owl they're having a drink aren't they uh, chatting about old times and what i liked um what I liked about, uh, obviously, we're still talking about the novel, really. What what I liked about that was when he left, um, the the sign on the gate said, um, "We fix obsolete cars" or something. Oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I no, think, I know exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was like a, you know, that that was obviously like touching on the retired night owl, like he yeah. was obsolete or he was. It's really interesting that you noticed it because actually when I was watching the film today, so I haven't looked back at my graphic novel because I've mm-hmm. just read it enough. So I'd, I'd forgotten. And when I watched the film, I'd forgotten that they use exactly the same sign as they come out of that scene between mm-hmm. the two of them. But actually, interestingly, I think it's talking about both of them because they're both broken mm, men. True. Yeah. But I think uh, like, well, from 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 my point of view. At the yeah. Start, old Jalopis. Well, well, you don't know that the current night owl is really you. Obviously, yeah, you yeah, get that the so. old night owl is because because he talks about when I was doing it, when I was doing, when you took over. So you don't have that. You don't have that thought that the current night owl is past it just at that point. But yeah, 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 most definitely. Right. <clears throat> uh, Richie, um, what did you did? What what differences did you notice from the from this point in the book and the film, if any? What point? Uh, the point where Rorschach had uh, Rorschach had gone into the apartment, and then both of the night owls were having a chat about being old. So we're only about ten minutes into oh, the film at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the one out, the, the the he leaves, and yeah. Well, I mean, did Rorschach I think, I think, turn up at the apartment? Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, he goes home, and Rorschach's already there eating his beans. Uh, oh God, think, yeah, 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 that was brilliant. Yeah. But I think I think the I think the only difference so far was they actually showed the attack in the film. Well, I actually uh, followed the film with the graphic novel because I've got the book as well, and they kept a lot uh, a lot of it word for word to the novel, even in the film. Mm-hmm. I noticed mm-hmm. uh, there the obvious obviously some scenes taken away, but that they did follow it quite well. well very, when you when you very compare little, it, to, very little was taken away. Yeah, when you compare it to most films, when they uh, adapt from a novel, it's like like last week, the last time with the girl, the girl with the dragon tattoo, mm-hmm. they, they were chalk and cheese. They were completely different. This, yeah, 
yeah, it was different, and it. I don't think it was as as good as the novel, but they they did try to keep it as close as they they could with the time frame that they had, and I think they did a bloody good job of it as well, especially I, with the atmosphere that they managed to keep. And I, I think I think for for a, for a two and a half hour film. <clears throat> they, I mean, the important bits, like for instance, obviously in the novel, the comic book within the comic book, you don't need that. With the, uh, with the, with the, with the, uh, the autobiography bits, you don't need that. But like little tiny bits, like okay, so uh, Raw Shark didn't go beating people up like in the pub the first time. Missed that bit. I don't really need that. But they missed so little out that you can't even tell. Like you but... can't even tell there's anything different. Which is which is which is actually funny because uh, I say a bit about Alan Moore. Obviously, he'd done uh, From Hell and uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and um, in an article that I read, uh, he was obviously asked if he wanted to sell the rights for, and he said, "Well, it's money for old rope. I've already written it. You can go and make it." Obviously, as probably every other author uh, didn't like what was produced, um, got really cross, but still managed to bring himself to sell Watchmen. Um, but then. <laughs> but then uh, he when when he was selling these other properties, i.e. Watchmen, said he because if you notice at the credits, it says and I forget the chap's name. What is it? Dave Gibbons. It says a uh, co-written by Dave Gibbons. It doesn't say Alan Moore. Alan Moore had his name removed from anything else that he sold, which I think is quite funny because if he would have watched that film, he would have gone, "That's exactly what I did. That's word for word, screen for screen, scene for scene." Exactly. So, but, he, so he must have loved that. He must have. But I think I understand because I'm I'm so ingrained and enthralled by and connected to the graphic novel for such a long time. I think there is a massive difference. I think you can't see it at surface level. But what the graphic novel has the power to do by comparison is like in the graphic novel – we don't revel in the violence. It's always paused, right? Because we always see it in a still frame. There's no real mm-hmm. movement in the image. So some of the violence, we're often left to paint the rest of the picture of that scene mm-hmm. ourselves. Like So later in the book, he he beats up, in the film, he beats up uh, Moloch, the baddie or whatever, and yeah, he's like yeah. hacking away with the axe. And that's like one panel that suggests that in the graphic novel. And so I think... What's interesting is the impact of the end of the graphic novel is kind of silent full page panels, whereas the rest of the book's been like uh, gridded, like nine, nine, nine panels or whatever. But but the film has been violent all the way through to the point of like enjoying it. I mean, the prison corridor and the cell scene, <laughs> like you're meant to kind of enjoy like, yeah, fuck it. But these are meant to be damaged people who shouldn't be beat like they're not authorized to be beating people or anything it's just not authorized well you know what i mean like like i just think it's really i think it's really interesting that the violence at the end of the book the terrible catastrophe that happened Mm -hmm. is really hits home when you read the book from beginning to end i think because you haven't sat in the violence Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to the end. This is this the thing you discover with mo- mo- not just graphic novels, with books. Um, you, you're all, the reason we love the books more than the films and the graphic novel is, it, even though the graphic novel 
paints pictures for you and it gives you the stills like you say half of it you have to paint yourself so you paint that picture you're painting it your way whereas the film it's painting everything for you and it's painting yeah. it in the director's <laughs> way and you've already read the novel and you've already painted the picture that you want so when you look you watch the film it's like, no that that's not that's not the way i oh. see it that's not the although way i want I, it although i'd say what is nice is if you were reading the book without voices in your head for the characters it gives you a bunch of voices for the characters when you once you've watched the film and it gives you nice sound effects for like Manhattan jumping. I tell you what I do love, uh, where, you know, I feel like what the film does is it freely picks kind of the moments it wants to perfectly honour the graphic novel, but it doesn't do it all the way through. And where it does do it that I love is when it does the origin of Dr. Manhattan, mm. which I think is 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 darker again i feel like in the graphic novel because you're reading it and because you're left to really ponder his words when they do that sequence in the film it's like a 10 minute narrated sequence and he has a really great voice you know if you're going to listen to someone like the piece of music underneath it and his voice just takes you on this really magical journey into his origin and I think the book does that. And that's one place like I love the film. I, I used to listen to that bit of audio sometimes as I was going to sleep because I just thought just had this really nice quality. Well, it's funny you bring up uh, Dr. Manhattan because uh, well, that kind of picks up to where we were. We were just going through uh, just going through the book there. Um, well, the book and the film, I suppose. Um, he goes and visits uh, the night owl. Uh, Rorschach is eating his beans. Um, he tells him what's happened. He tells him who he thinks or who's on the list, uh, and then he goes and sees Manhattan goes and breaks into the government facility, which seemed very easy to do. Yeah. Uh, I was quite worried. Um, and, and we meet Dr. Manhattan, who's this giant blue man, um, which <clears throat> which obviously in, in the film it's a little bit different because they, kind of, they kind of introduce him really, really early, I think. It's like, you know, Manhattan is our site. During the, um, at the very start, it's on the talk show, no, no, we won't get attacked because we've got Manhattan. But obviously that's not the case in the book. Um, and uh, I reading reading through, I'm like, who is this Manhattan? Like, did he have some kind of Bruce Banner issue mm-hmm. where he gets trapped and then screams? And like kind of when I got to that bit of the book, I was like, that's exactly how I imagined yeah, yeah, it to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, I also, but I also think that's like that's Alan Moore engaging in a classic comic book trope. Like, it's such a classic mm. fucking comic book thing of, like, you know, like, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, like, I, you know, I identify as disabled, I've got a health condition and impairment. When I was a kid, I remember when I was in, whenever I had an MRI scan, I don't know if you've ever had yeah. one of them. It's like this, yeah, it's a huge machine that you get in and you're, like, the centre of a donut. Like, you just lay in it. And I used to dream that that maybe if I was lucky, lightning would strike (laughs) the machine and turn me into some kind of weird superhero. (laughs) Never happened. But yeah, that that bit's brilliant. Either that or a wasp flew in just at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And they were trying to merge me. The rays were going off. Yeah, Yeah, then I'd be BG. (laughs) I'd be a BG. Very true. Um, So yeah, so uh, he goes and visits Manhattan. Is Is it Silk? Still, Silk Stalker Two, um, Silk, Silk Julia, Spectre. June, Silk Spectre. Yeah, ju- uh, yeah ju- uh, what's her name? Jupiter. No. Yeah, Sally Jupiter. Yeah, Sally Jupiter. 
<clears throat> Sally Jupiter. Um, she goes and sees those two. Manhattan's not fussed in the slightest. Um, and I was actually, I mean, I was, I was enjoying Rorschach as a character up until this point. Uh, and in the, in the book, uh, obviously there's made mention of, uh, of the comedian dying. And then there's made mention of his attempted rape on Sally's mom. And I, th- I can't remember exactly what Rorschach says, but he's like, oh, that misunderstanding. And she's like, how dare you say that's a misunderstanding? I was like, oh, I was quite liking Rorschach until mm. like he, he kind of dismissed an attempted rape, rape as a misunderstanding. But obviously well, you see you see later on kind of the way, you know, the way he was brought up and, and well, dragged up, I suppose, and, and how he can just see that as a normal thing to say. Uh, and it's an everyday occurrence for him. So it's not a big deal, so to speak. In the film, in the film, Rorschach came across to me like a poor man's <clears throat> Batman, with the voice well, no, and everything, was, and hmm. the, the well, yeah, I, it, didn't, it didn't feel it at all like he did in the in the novel to me. In the, and whether, I would also I would also counter with that that he didn't have that big a part in the film compared to the book, either. Yeah. Like he mm. didn't seem to be in it that much. It's like I'm sure he was. He was almost the, the main protagonist in the novel. Yeah. I think I think the other interesting thing in the film the film Raw Shark compared to the book, right, is in the book I'd say he's an average height character. If you look at him amongst the rest of the characters, he's about the same height. He's like five six, five eight, something like that. In the film, they spend up until the point like watching it today, it was just really interesting, I noticed it. Up until the point he gets caught and goes to prison we always see him from an angle looking up or with no one else in the frame. So he always looks like this big, scary kind of dark knight, like like Richie's saying. Mm. But actually, when we finally get him, and it's a really clever device because it's just like the graphic novel allowing you to see like what a, what a damaged kid he was, you suddenly realise he's this tight, like in the film, he's a tiny man, like he's a five-foot mm. man who's really learned to be powerful because he's small and he's got to fight back. You know what I mean? Joe Pesci syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting later. And I, and I think this is at the great writing of Alan Moore. Maybe this is why they messed around with kind of the size in the film is that in the graphic novel, you know, he ends up beating up a little guy, a little person. <clears throat> And it's the and in the film in the film they do that as you know obviously they but, follow but, that same. But he line. runs. Oh yeah, he, he gets him in the toilet, doesn't he? So yeah, he runs yeah. off and he follows him. Um, did I did I miss that in the in in the graphic novel when they come to get him? Because obviously they don't know what he looks like in the um, in the book. They're like, oh, well, don't actually know what this geezer looks like. It's and the they, same scene. And and but then when he's going into, he goes, "I'll be back in a minute." Is he going to beat the geezer up? Because I think I kind of. Like I didn't get that in the book. Oh no, in the book it's I think it's much clearer that he that he killed he must have killed the little guy. I think it's much clearer. Oh, Whereas okay. I I think in the film they're just you assume, you know. Well well yeah, well that's only because the door's swinging, he's there and then the blood comes out. But yeah. No, I kinda I d I didn't pick I didn't pick up that in the book. maybe I was just reading and just kind of, you know, glazed over at that. I am remember I've point. read the book ridiculous amounts of time, <laughs> so I'm angry no, no, about yeah. this. No, no, no. I'm not uh, I'm not arguing there. I'm not arguing the point there. Um 
Sorry, where where were we within the story? Because I think we got sidetracked again, didn't we? Sorry, I'm um, really bad for that. No, 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 it's quite all right. My my think, brain is all over the shop. Um, yeah, so uh, he'd gone and he'd gone and visited. That's it. He'd visited Sally, um, and then he decided to leave there. I think Sally got a bit annoyed with uh, the blue fella, and she went off for dinner with the owl. The blue fella. Story. The blue fella, the big Viagra pill. She went off with the owl for some dinner, chatted about old times. Um, and then uh, I think we forward, uh, we forward a little bit, we forward a little bit on. Um, and Manhattan's doing an interview, isn't he? Um, where I think this, this is where the plan, the, the villain's plan comes to point. Uh, cause obviously the comedian's dead. Um, and then, uh, he gets rid of Manhattan by staging some people, making it sound like he's uh, he's giving people cancer, and he just pops off to Mars. I'm off. See you later. Was with the joke with the Joker, the um, the comedian. Yeah. Funny, I should say Joker, because that's where I was going with it. Um, was there some sort of a a slight towards the Joker? Because in the novel, I noticed he had the. Uh, no, because he was in 1985. He didn't get the scar, did he, until the um, the Dark Knight? Yeah, but, yeah, the Dark Knight. But he did but always he, have he, like the extra the extra bits, the yeah. like, the makeup and the extra. It smile did seem like either a tip of the hat towards it, or some sort of uh, taking the piss out of it, because Alan well, Moore comes across like that kind of person. He's not the kind of person this, that's going to follow trends, and he'll take the piss out of the norm. So I did I did some um some research right for this. Obviously, because oh, good luck. Wanna... Yeah, and I'm it's interesting. <laughs> well, it's interesting actually. If you want me to bore <laughs> to bore your audience to tears, but it is interesting. So That's he originally, well, Alan Moore originally wanted to base the the characters on these characters from Charlton comics, and there were there were four uh, six characters. So basically, Rorschach was modelled on a character called the Question. Night Owl was on a Riddler. character called uh, Blue Beetle. I don't know if you know that character. Um, Dr. Manhattan was meant to be Captain Atom. The comedian was meant to be someone called the Peacemaker. Ozymandias was meant to be Thunderbolt. And Silk Spectre was based on a character called Nightshade. But he wanted to be able to... He didn't want to be forced to stick to canon and, like, the comic book history of each character. So he just created characters where he could trash them, where they could have (laughs) abusive pasts and be alcoholics and kill people and whatever. So, yeah, that's a bit of the background and how come. I don't uh, think it would have been as as successful as what it has been if it had gone with the original canon. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Definitely Uh, not. And I think it's interesting you pick up on that, Richie, uh, the difference between the comedian and the Joker, because especially in the film, Night Owl was Batman. He just was Batman. His suit was Batman. He had all the gadgets Batman had. You probably had, like, the flawed kind of, uh, you know, not able to... To hold up, hold a relationship, Batman. You know, like basically when 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 Batman disappears in the final Batman film, uh, and he, then he's seen in that cafe at the end. But you could imagine that he's just living in some flat with some beans in his cupboard uh, mm-hmm. next, you know, next to a next to a car garage, just to be left alone and no one to know. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny you uh, it's funny you picked up on that as well. Hmm. <laughs> so where are we, Phil? Where, where, where uh, we're, we're in here? Mars. Well, we're in Mars, and then uh, obviously in well, the book it. we 
on it. What we're on it, indeed. We're on Mars. In Mars, we're on Mars. Uh, we get the backstory to Doctor Manhattan, which we covered <clears throat> earlier on. Um, <clears throat> and it's, uh, I think, the film does. I think the film does well just to like kind of not add extra boring bits. So you know, he's in the interview, he gets confronted, and instead of disappearing, everyone and then disappearing, he just disappears, uh, which is a lot easier to do. Um, I think the Mars structure, we don't see the full Mars structure until he takes um, Sally there, whereas obviously in the book, he's kind of plodding around Mars for a little bit longer than than in the film. Um, and then we're back, obviously we're back on Earth. Uh, what's going on on Earth? Um, Sally and the owl uh, reminiscing about the good old days. Uh, Rorschach's still out there looking... Oh, he goes and goes and chats to Morlock, doesn't he, at this point, and discovers that the comedian's been at his house having a good cry because he's all like mental. And um, I think uh, just skipping forward slightly, uh, when Rorschach gets caught by the police or when he goes there for the second time, that's the only time that he actually shows any kind of that's like Humanity. that's when he's but yeah he's like oh no i can't and i don't know whether it is i can't get caught because i don't want to go to jail because i'm quite sure number one he was quite happy to be in jail because he knew that he wasn't you know because of, of what he does when he's in jail so you know so well i'll just do that that and that and i'll get left alone but he really didn't want to get caught um and i think that's the only time but, but maybe personality maybe uh like his inner personality rather than his gruff exterior. Yeah, and it's interesting. They they give him a bit of that in the... Um, they give him a couple of moments of humanity in the film. But if you look at the graphic novel as well, when he when he talks before the incident with the girl, you know the girl that, that gets kidnapped? Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. When, when he, whenever Rorschach is talking before that incident... His, his speech bubble, comic books do this kind of stuff a lot to kind of create an effect. His speech bubbles are always solid. They're just a mm-hmm. solid bubble of speech. After that incident with the girl, everything is gruff now. Like all of his speech bubbles are like jagged edges because oh. he has a breakdown that that's his final snapping point. So I think that's why you're picking up on kind of that humanity and then it's kind of gone, and he's just a dark, you know. It's very fucking observant of you to pick up on that. I, 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 could, have, I could have read the book fucking seventeen thousand times, and never have noticed that. But this is this is well, number one, that's what happens when you've overread it. But 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 comic books as a way of like, in the same way the film gets the opportunity that the book does, and in that the film gives us music to create a vibe or a mood or help us understand some depth to a character. I think I would say, although the book can't do that, the other way the book does do that, the film can't is literally as simple as stuff like thought bubbles and speech bubbles and how the typeset and the typeface, you know, it's the difference between me writing a message to you that says, Hey Phil, how are you? To me writing it all caps. Hey Phil, how are you? You know? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I get they that, both yeah. they both have pluses and minuses, I think, between the two mediums. Yeah, we were talking so, about uh, Doctor Doctor Manhattan before. And, uh, he went on Mars. He fucked up on Earth, and he thought, "I'm going, I'm going to go to Mars now. I've killed, I've give all these people cancer, so I'm, I'm going to Mars." Now, 
if I was Dr. Manhattan and I could go anywhere in the universe, because he obviously can. I mean, he went there in, in, in a split second. Not Mars. It's Disney like, it, well, it's like, well, it's it's like the, the Sahara Desert, the planet. You, what, there's, there's so many planets out there. They've probably got like, like thriving with life and you know, go somewhere nice. Not fucking Mars. Well, there's, I mean, there's literally fuck all. But maybe that's that's exactly yeah. Right. I it's, think that's exactly solitude, isn't it? Yeah, it's and blank. blank I, I think it's a blank canvas as well. Mm. It's it's about an empty page for him because he's just he's he knows everything. He's everywhere at once. He knows everything. Like I don't know if either of you two uh, watched the Watchmen TV series, which is set. I haven't got like, brain to it yet. See, I, I saw this. I, I was going to watch it. I think you should after after we've done this when you have time it's really worth you guys watching it especially so close to reading the book and maybe you haven't checked the film again because I watched the series so watching the film for you guys really helped kind of recontextualize the series the series is really good and it's really clever and it 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 does things that honor the comic book in a way the film didn't it really well, does it's got more well, time actually, for the start yeah yeah absolutely yeah, well, well uh, I think um, I think just just then when you just mentioned Richie uh, about uh, Doctor Manhattan, obviously he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants, and I think is um, it's very much got to be back, not got to be based on, but that's what Superman would be. That's what like if I don't know, if I you think had Doctor, a, I think if, if, if had, I was going to put the two together, I think Doctor Manhattan would uh, tear the shit out. Of it. I mean, well, I mean, come on, no, you, don't get me wrong. Superman, but, but what Superman I'm saying was killed is, by Batman, so. Dr. Manhattan's no, yeah. all over him. Spoiler alert. No, but no, but what I'm saying is that you've got the comedian <laughs> who's like the Joker, you've got the night owl who's like Batman, you've got Dr. Manhattan who clearly has who's has got nuclear power uh, and can do almost anything and everything. Um that you know, he's the world's greatest deterrent. He was pretty much Superman to a de- or Superman plus another five levels, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um <clears throat> But yeah, uh, so uh, sorry, where were we with the story? Um, Manhattan's you know, gone. You know, some people they don't believe in God, and they say I believe in the universe. That's mm-hmm. how I imagine Doctor Manhattan. He's the he universe. He's, he's everything. He's everything. He knows everything. Yeah. He, yeah, he's the epitome of what it is to believe in, you know, the universe. Well, and he's what a my, God. My wife would say he's like pure quantum. He's like quantum mechanics and quantum theory. He's like everything. I'm having this conversation with you now at the same time as this is happening to us, as this is happening. And and actually, it's interesting because you can imagine Alan Moore when he was writing in it, because there's a lot of stuff now and a lot of TV shows we watch that's about kind of quantum mechanics and Star Trek Discovery does loads of that. And, you know, Alan Moore was groundbreaking. I love uh, Dr. Manhattan's fascinating because it's the same thing. Like, are we in a matrix? Is this all real? How much control do we have? Anyway, back to the planet Mars and Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be honest, uh, to be honest, Gareth, I'm quite enjoying the, the breakdown and the discussion of, uh, of uh, Watchmen in general. Because, I mean, as I said, there isn't very much difference between the graphic novel and the book. I mean, very, very little difference. So I think just having a chat and bringing it to life. I mean, the graphic is... novel and the book are the same thing, Phil, to be honest. No, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, other than, like, there's, like, very, very few differences, like, at the start of the film. Oh, sorry, did I say the graphic novel and the book? Yeah. Yeah, what a plunker. I do you know think, what I meant, I, mate? I do, think there's a, <laughs> I do think there's a greater depth to the book 
than to the film, without question. Or is it, there's a greater you know, depth to you. See, somebody no. who's simple-minded, somebody who's simple-minded might not get it the same way you do, and they might enjoy the film better. Not, not, oh, to, no, not yeah. to no, no. be offensive to stupid people, but there are. <laughs> no, I'm with you, Richie, totally. And there will be people that would love this film more than the book because i remember the first time i read the book it was work the first time i read it because you want i wanted to read a graphic novel that's why i like graphic novels i don't really like books <coughs> i don't mind if it's like war and peace turned into a graphic novel i just would rather have some pretty pictures to make it easier for me do you know what i mean and watchmen the first time you read it it starts off as like quite a complicated comic book that was fine but then suddenly i would hit these half a dozen pages of real book I'd be like oh fucking hell I've got to read like it's weird even though I was reading the comic book I was like oh no pretty pictures yeah no, and that's yeah but that was I think that that's I think that's the bone like that's kind of like the like the bonus that you get from the book where if you don't get it in the film but you don't really need it you don't miss it you know there's nothing groundbreaking in those bits uh, that, that that take anything away from um from from the book oh god i wish i would have put that bit in because that's just kind of extra for you more than anything else excuse me um but uh yeah um but there was lots of parts where i was waiting i was like 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 bits that i was waiting to see like for instance when um uh uh june and uh daniel get attacked in the alleyway i was like i'm looking forward to seeing that bit in film um, uh, when Rorschach's in jail, and that was—I I don't think I've seen. Like, it's a bit odd because, like, don't get me wrong—I've seen like graphic things before, but like, I was trying to figure out how a human could do that to another human because I haven't got any special but, powers. But that's <laughs> Rorschach. Are you I, talking about I, the prison scene? Are you talking no, about no, the no, 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 When um, when the night owl and June go down the alley and get attacked by like those twenty blokes. Yes, and it's yes, like he just yes. snaps his arm and it just, oh, but like that was still fun to watch. I mean, I've always wondered if you was in a gang, right? if you was in a gang, let's say there's 15 of you. Yeah. And you could be maybe not that up for attacking people, but still enough because you want some money and you're in the gang and it's all and it will all works out well. Normally in the gang, like the second and the third hardest person go first. Right. You know, the leader yeah. kind of takes a step back. If you're saying, you know, 10th hardest in this gang of 15 and you just watch the second and third get their arms snapped off i've already run away phil i've Bye. already left yeah, yeah. <laughs> see you later i'm off i don't care i I'm went off. i went what makes you think what makes you think i stuck around to watch going number two and three get their arms broken i've gone at number one <laughs> that's what i'm saying just see you later i'm gone i'm not hanging around but they always still seem to hang around to get beaten up which is uh, which is completely bizarre, um, but that was good. Uh, the prison scenes were good. Um, one thing that um, <clears throat> in the in the book when he when he throws uh, the um, the frying fat in the guy's face, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. However, in real life, if you take a thing out of the fryer, there's no oil in it. It's got holes everywhere. You're just throwing air into the geezer's face. That would really yeah, ruin the story. Yeah, see what you mean. That it would kill the story, <laughs> wouldn't it? And, and <laughs> if, if someone threw fat in your face, like in the film, you wouldn't stand there and go, oh! <laughs> Actually, that's, 
I can't. I can't. It's like just like that. Oh, <laughs> this is hurting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, no. It is. But it was because it wasn't until I saw it visually, I was like, okay, if he got a load of chips thrown in his face that had fat in it, yeah. But like his face was his face was covered in like chip fat. It's like it wouldn't. It's colander. You're not getting anything in it, but it was still good. And and that whole um and that whole uh, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Oh, really that's what won. I was just thinking about. <clears throat> yeah, it that. really should. That um apparently, and as I was reading, um, one of one of the senators in America reviews that recently. In in the House, in or the Senate or whatever they call yes. it. Yes, the yes. House of no, they did. They mm. did. Which is quite funny. <laughs> Should have get all Rorschach on them. Um, but yeah, so uh, so um, he's he's in what what can be either he wasn't even in solitary, was he? He was just in these in his cell on his own, Gen, and then he's um, in general pop. <clears throat> yeah, and as they what, say, gem pop. As they say, um, are you wearing your Alcatraz top? Um, I am you, actually uh, yeah, rather, your rather fittingly top. wearing my Alcatraz <laughs> top. Um, yeah, so uh, he's visited by um, by it was. In the film, it's the chap from uh, Bad Grandpa, isn't it? Is it the guy who plays the elf in... Oh, sorry, Bad Santa, sorry. In the film that play... Uh, no, Bill... No, because um, Bad Santa is Billy <clears throat> Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, oh, it's not the elf in that. No, no, that's a different character altogether. He's, in, he's been in something that I've saw recently. But uh, he... I, I don't know what the beef was, whether... Oh, he... Rorschach had put him in jail. He'd caught him for someone and put him yeah, in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had his two boys there, and they were going to give him a hard time and skip forward a little bit. Um, and it's gone the other of, way around. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's there's a riot going on, and uh, Rorschach knew, knew what he was going to do. There's a riot going on, <laughs> and uh, Rorschach manages to tie a guy's hands to the thing, in which they waste no time in cutting the guy's arms off. So get out of your way, mate. <laughs> See you later. <clears throat> But it was so calm when, like, he's like, if they get in, I've got to fight these three guys. What am I going to do? Batter them before they even get in, which is uh, which is bizarre. And then, yeah, and then they end up. Well, so we haven't really even mentioned uh, Ozymandias at all no. throughout this chat, have we? Because he's probably the most, bo- he's the most boring character. Yeah. I don't know if he's the most boring character. I, I because yeah, he's man, really he, he can suck a bag of dicks. So I'm not got no time for him. <laughs> I Although, think he's, I think no. he's kind of he's like the cleverest, wealthiest man in the world. So I mean, he probably is a bore. I suspect he is a bore. I expect he'd be really annoying to have dinner with, but it's pretty amazing. Like when you look at his life, what he's doing, creating that kind of uh, indoor Epcot center or whatever it is. You know what I mean? That he's got that place. that's like Eden in, mm. in Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. Mate, basically they nicked that off of Alan Moore. He's Elon <laughs> Musk. It's who he is. He's Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah. Now, is it, the question guns? is, the question is, uh, his plan, uh, and let's just stick with the book for now. Cause Obviously, yeah. the film changes this a little bit. Um, am I right in thinking that, uh, well, obviously, throughout the whole book, like the doomsday clock is ticking down, uh, or that's how we see it. They're at DEFCON 1, DEFCON 2, DEFCON 3. Uh, forces, Russian forces are moving. This is going on. That's going on. Excuse me. Um, and Ozymandis' plan 
is to send a space alien that he's created into the middle of New York to kill loads of people to make everyone think there's an alien invasion and then they all stop fighting and there's world peace. He's going to sacrifice loads of people for the betterment of mankind. And if you look at the superhero movies of late, remind you of anyone? Thanos, maybe? Yeah, no, but I mean, but but, but, that, but that's the point because because when he because when he details his plan, you're like, the guy's not actually mad. He's got a really yeah. good just like just like Thanos. And Thanos has got a really good. Oh, yeah, that's like it's a good plan. argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, to be uh, you have to be careful when you when you're taking sides of people like that because you could also say, well, Hitler had a good point. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I thought that's where Richie was going to go. No, you're right, Richie. You are right. These are dangerous people. <laughs> Don't follow Thanos. No, yeah. Don't follow what he mandates. But I think, I think, I think. <laughs> Possibly uh, both Ozymandias and Thanos were doing it indiscriminately, where I think Hitler was maybe yeah, just yeah, targeting it was certain people. And, and only one or two groups. Yeah. He was in your face but, with it, being all extravagant on the TV, giving it all this. There was Ozzy. Oh, he's just doing it all on the down low. <laughs> um, and in the book, please do remind me, in the book, when he sends the space alien, down. How does the alien get destroyed? Is it is it Manhattan? Does Manhattan come and kill no, it? No, it doesn't. Or? It's like it's dead. It's dead. It's like a creature that transported onto the Earth in various locations, but they're dead. It's just a dead like uh, that. They kind of reference it. They they very much give you the backstory on it in the Watchmen TV series. You get what okay. the film didn't give you in a way. Um, right, okay. And so the whole idea is just that it will kill thousands and millions, but for the betterment of mankind, because now the Earth will assume we have an enemy out there, and that's what we need to be, because he couldn't make living aliens. He could only make this kind of body uh... of, of this dead carcass alien that's transported. Maybe they died when they got here, but what if they come here and fix that problem? <laughs> we better yeah. unite together. And in the in the film, am I right in thinking they just blamed it on Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, use yeah, yeah, his yeah. energy. They use the same <clears> energy <throat> as um, so, yeah, because Ozzy Mandis or V Adrian V or whatever, he's he's worked out like like Doctor Manhattan has helped him kind of make the same kind of energy that Doctor Manhattan uses. So he uses it against Doctor Manhattan. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that's they, probably cause... the big. That's probably the biggest diversion <clears throat> from the the, the yeah. novel, in my opinion. That, because they say they've been working completely on, different. Yeah, yeah they've been work, they've been working together on a, a carbon neutral fuel or whatever it was. <clears throat> yeah, they, it's a blag, and I think that's one of the things that probably upset. Well, it is a blag. I think it's one of the things that upset. Alan more more than anything and, it, and it's really interesting because if you look at it in a comic book much like animation you can do anything and there is no budget because you're drawing yeah of course whereas of course. in the film I think the only reason the choice was made was budgetarily how can we have a scene that looks like this huge weird looking gloopy alien has killed millions we even mm. need an amazing CGI that costs us millions or we need an amazing scene that costs us way too much. So let's cut that out and just make it as Dodds of Manhattan. It's a bit yeah. annoying. Like, I would have no, loved to have yeah, seen yeah, them yeah. copy. I would have loved to, them to have done it the same, to have stuck I mentioned, the book. 
I mentioned Elon Musk earlier. Um, he's a lot like the character Ozzy. And mm. the, it's a big thing in the book with the, the electric cars, isn't it? Uh, Dr. Manhattan says in the future, we'll, 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 it'll be electric cars because of me, you know, because of you know, what, what I can do, my technology. Mm-hmm. And it, Ozzy uses that technology. And yeah, I, I think Elon Musk is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. But the question is, can Elon Musk catch a bullet? No, but I don't buy that in the movie. I think that was a. I think they faked it in the movie and just gave him a prop bullet to hold. I don't think he really. Did oh, that. you reckon? Oh, fair. maybe maybe he caught it for real in the comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, felt more real much, in the comic. <clears throat> uh, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, other than obviously uh, June and is it is Daniel, isn't it? Who's the night owl? Uh, yeah. Dag. Uh, they go and visit. They go and visit her mom, the original. Um, She's hotter in the film. Much, much. I mean, they couldn't are. Knock one off, uh, couldn't knock one off over the uh, graphic novel. Definitely <laughs> knocked one off over the film. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, I think overall, other than those little tiny bits, it was more or less faithful to to the film uh, that the film was to the book. I think a lot more than the other two episodes that we've covered. I mean, um, obviously, with the, with, um, with, uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, both films took liberties left, right and centre when they didn't need to. And the, yeah. same with, uh, and the same with Blade Runner. It was virtually a different film to the book completely. I, I, think, I think there was a real problem for them with adapting this particular graphic novel. And I think that problem was, because we've seen it... We've seen it since that adaptation with regard comic book movies. His comic book movies are like precious to people. I I was one of those people. This book was precious to me for years Mm -hmm. before they made it. So I remember initially seeing this film and being disappointed in some respects. I liked seeing things remade, but I remember being disappointed. But I think that's the, the problem that this this film has more than those others, I would assume, is they had they, they built a rod for their back. Because if you say you're adapting Alan Moore's Watchmen, it was so groundbreaking that if you'd have made it like different color scheme, different, you know what I mean? They, they mm. had to, on some level, honor the original kind of book work, at least to quite a large degree. Otherwise, well, yeah. the fa- people wouldn't have watched it, you know, well, if they couldn't have seen someone's. Someone's probably gone. It's gonna. It's gonna cost us 120 million to get it anywhere near close. And if we don't have that money, there's no point in doing it because otherwise you're gonna end up with some like fraud Captain America TV show. You know what I mean? Or like straight to TV movie. There's just no point. Cause... Well, when it's done painfully, like have you ever seen that Roger Corman Fantastic Four? You ever seen any clips from that? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. painful. Yeah, <laughs> terrible stuff. Um, it was, I mean, um, it was, okay, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's quite all right. I was just, I was just going to say, uh, um, like, especially, like, I always enjoyed watching uh, The Incredible Hulk, the TV show, uh, and a couple of the TV movies they did, especially The Death of the Incredible Hulk, was really good. It was when they started putting, like, Thor and uh, Daredevil in there, and he's like, this, you've got three quid to spend, haven't you? <laughs> it's like what you're doing don't do it but they did it sorry Richard you were saying um, I was, was going to just mention how 
brave Alan Moore was. Yeah, I, I don't think we realise uh, what he did for the, the time that he did it, 1985. Back back then, you, most people wouldn't have been able to get away with some of the uh, subject matter that he was touching on, especially the, the, the scene with the, the girl that was being eaten by the dog. Nobody would have dreamt of mm, ever writing anything like that back then. Even the horror films, true. you know, in films back then, even now, you know the kids are going to be okay. Kids. Kid, kid, yeah. Apart from it, apart from it, you don't kill kids. And especially 985. And, and dogs as well. You Most of the time you don't kill a dog. No. If, if you ever see if you ever see Independence Day, I remember we had to do I did the film degree and we had to do Independence Day. They decide that that they'll kill the gay guy, but the dog's got to live. It's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. So you watch. There's a gay character, and we see him get killed off, and the dog is also heading for the same trouble, but gets saved because it's like, no, no, we mustn't kill the dog, not the dog. Right. Yes, uh, yeah, that's a really. That was ninety six as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good right. point you bring up there. Yeah. You don't kill dogs and you don't kill kids, and you did both. He did it all in one go. No yeah. fucking about. <laughs> but he, but you you're could... right. He's a pioneer. You're you're right, Richie. Like he mm. was, and also like this book was the first. I believe it was the first graphic novel to be on uh, Times or the New York Times bestseller list. So it was the graphic, like without without Watchmen, I mean, it would have happened eventually, maybe. But Watchmen made kind of graphic novels, which essentially are collected comic books in one, you know, one volume that got them on the bookshelf. So you could walk into Smith's and go to a section and buy, you know, Superman, Batman, you know, 150 pages of graphic novel or whatever. Like, so he, he is, yeah, he's amazing, I think. He inspired, I didn't realise it until I uh, read the novel, but uh, he must have heavily inspired one of my favourite TV series of all time, that's The Misfits. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if you've, they're like superhero, regular people, superheroes. Obviously, they, these guys have real power. Oh, it's amazing. It's one of the best TV series ever. Have you and, watched, uh, Richie, have you seen The Boys? I've seen the first season. That's yeah, that that I'd imagine is also heavily inspired by. What yeah, you yeah, I, I yeah, I would have thought you would you would dig it because it's based on a graphic novel. But again, that graphic novel was inspired by the Watchmen. You know. Yeah, I need to watch the second season. I haven't got round to it yet. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah, I'm, 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 je- I'm jealous of. I'm I'm jealous of you, Richie, because you haven't you haven't seen it yet, so you've still got it to watch for the first time. I'm jealous because <laughs> it was great. You you have a great time. I'll go. I'll I'll uh, mm. I'll start mm. that soon then. Mm. The first season was good, so no reason not to get to go and watch it. So Richie, um, let's do our scores on the doors. Um, what do you give uh, the Watchmen graphic novel? Um. <sighs> I don't have any other graphic novels to compare it to, but as a, as an experience, as a on the whole, and what it did for me as as a, I'm I'm going to give it a solid. I preferred it to did not prefer. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Good score, good score, good mm. strong score. And what about the film? The film eight. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's I mean, interesting. I think that's, to be honest, I think that's pretty much where I sit on there. I think they both get an eight for me. Um, 
they're both really good. Uh, I mean, my only, I mean, I grew up reading comics. I mean, my only, I think the closest thing I could compare Watchmen to, or like. Yeah, but the, you can't compare Watchmen to Garfield, can you? No, <laughs> but I mean, is the Punisher? Because I, I was always into, I was always into the Punisher, and I think like it's kind of got that kind of gritty, gravelly, like deprived kind of feel to it and that was probably the thing i could compare it to the most but yeah i enjoyed it i think i'd give them both an eight because they uh it was quite similar across the board and i enjoyed seeing it come to life as well so it's I one of really the take... best it's one of the best adaptations from a book to yeah. a film i've ever seen i think well this is well yeah i was about to say that it most definitely for me and also i don't think that we'll find a better adaptation if we did another hundred of these which is quite interesting Hmm. So Gareth has ruined our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. This is this is our final um, podcast because we're never going to have another one. <laughs> and uh, Gareth, um, and what are your scores? I'm genuinely, um, I just, I, I genuinely have to give, I have to give the Watchmen the book, the graphic novel, a ten, just for how much it's entertained me on a yearly basis. Having watched the film today, which I found really entertaining, could I watch this film once a year, every year, with the same level of passion and enjoyment? No, because <laughs> I'm a comic book fan and a graphic novel mm. fan. So just to balance it out between you two, I'm afraid I'm going to give the film, the, the book 10 and the film 7 Point five. I think that's, that's still good. a that's fair, a fair point, uh, point, pointing. That's, uh, a, pointing. that's a strong score. Yeah. Still a strong yeah, that, score. That, sound, that sounded better. Strong score. Yeah, it's a strong. It's a strong score for someone who's as passionate about the book, especially. Well, uh, because because so I'm not a complete comic book nerd. Because if I was a complete comic book nerd, it would have been like five and a half versus <laughs> ten. <laughs> Versus 11.2. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think that's it for uh, for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Richie, have we decided what we're doing for our next episode? No, we haven't. But if you want to follow us and you want to <clears throat> you want to come and see any other episodes, we are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. In fact, just type in Adapted to Screen. Um, I haven't got the website on. up there, but Adapted to Screen... No, we Facebook, got, uh, Twitter, Facebook, no, fa- not yet, but Facebook and Twitter. Uh, put adapted screen, and you'll see us on there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anything else you want to add, Richie? Before we start? No, off? no, I, I'm okay. done. All right, well, from me. This has been a pleasure. From... Thank you, Gareth, for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Thank, thank you, gentlemen, for having yes, me. This so, was fun. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Gareth, um, as uh, as I was telling Richie, uh, you're probably most famous for being Macca on Coronation Street. Um, have you got any plans to go back, or is, um, uh, is your character I, in jail? Is your character my dead? character is, is your character my character living on no, the Costa del Sol? No, the good thing in any soap opera apparently is if your character is not dead, there is hope always. <laughs> so he is not dead; he's in prison. So there is hope Ooh. always. But, you know, I'm quite happy to move on to other things, too. And, uh, Is that where you got long... the Alcatraz top? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, how long uh, How long is your character, uh, Maka your character, isn't it? How long is uh, Maka serving? 
That I do you know what genuinely when 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 I read that he was going to prison when I got my script through before the episode aired and I read that he would get caught and he would go to prison I started googling how long did you get for an attempted escape because I was like <laughs> how long before they might write me back in do I have to wait two years five years or ten you know <laughs> so it, it's always up to the writers isn't it because they can always just go yeah he got off on the technicalities out yeah you know course. whenever of they course. want. Oh, well, well uh, have you got anything? Um, I know you're doing your... Um, yeah, I'm horror. doing that. I'm, I've got something on the horizon for for a TV uh, company, but it's a very small part, and i got about five lines, but I'm really excited. I'm filming it on March the 24th, I think, and I can't wait. So I'm quite excited. So, um, so yeah, so from me, Richie and Gareth, thanks very much for listening, and uh, come back and listen to us next time. Thank you. Bye-bye! Bye!